Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society. How to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the shaman school is a school that we all should have been a part of. One that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the shaman school, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom today. I love you. I know how powerful you are. And there's no more second guessing that because you can't. You can't second guess it anymore because you're at a time in evolution which requires you to be very clear about who you are. Doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out. It just means that you need to know that you are something special, something wonderful, something divine, something magical, and someone who's super intelligent 
and capable of moving through these times with grace and ease. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening here saying, is that really me? Yeah, it's you. But I'm only speaking about a small portion of how amazing you are. You see, there's all these other layers inside of you that are waiting to come out. And in order for them to come out, they require one thing, for you to allow your, your life spring, that energy of the divine, to pour out of you without restriction, without hesitation, and without fear. And this will give you the ability to recognize and see yourself from different from who you are today. Not saying that you're going to lose yourself completely. However, you will gain a new perspective of yourself, a perspective that's necessary for you to be able to ascertain new information and new knowledge that will be given to you by your ancestors and by the spirits and by the elementals and by all of the beings that are here to support us in this great transition. The great transition. It's a time for us to bring ourselves back to our awareness of who we really are. Not the things that they've told us we are or the things that they've molded us to become to fit the system of regime. That system of regime is held in fear, lack, and limitation and the idea that if you do this or do that or buy this or buy that, you'll be able to feel fulfilled and you'll feel qualified as a human being with purpose. You see, a lot of people live their lives spending their time focusing in work to make money. And that money is made so that they can spend it on something that the system tells them to buy, only to run out and make more money so they can have more things to buy. What if you chose to live in a world where you don't have to keep buying things? And in fact, you only buy what you need and enjoy the truth of joy of life that comes from being with people and being a part of things that are changing the world, such as getting involved in environmental care or children or working with indigenous cultures, learning from different people, helping and assisting people in your community and being able to create structures and new ways to lift and shift our populace of humanity. So at this time, the reason why it's important to allow that life spring to, to come forth is to realize that the only restraint that has been holding back that life string, that beautiful aspect of your being that holds that stream and allows it to flow through every part of your being is your judgment, your fear, and your worry that you're not gonna be loved, liked, appreciated, or valued, or seen, or you'll just be completely ostracized and people will basically turn their backs on you. The truth of the matter is that spirit of the light knows that that's not true. But the underworld beings, the sketchers, the ones who speak to you in your mind, in your own voice, that want you to say things to yourself that are basically taking you apart, not because they want to destroy you, but because they want to employ you to join with them in being in the energy and the frequency that took them when another sketcher came to them. You see, it's kind of like a chain reaction. You see, there's a human being and that human being isn't creating certainty and clarity of the love that is always available to them that's unconditional. And that love that is unconditional, that love that is always there, that's not there to hurt you, it's not there to put tests on you, it's not there trying to teach you anything. It's only there to get you to open up to experience more love. 
However, all the rules and all the beliefs and all the ideas and labels that you've created that's been limiting that is only causing you pain because you're going against yourselves, your true nature, your life wellspring. Your life wellspring is this beautiful, ever-flowing nectar of unconditional love and creativity and sensuality and play and freedom and everything and so much more. And the energy that is held within that frequency, or should we say the core energy of that is our creator, God, source, right? And so what happens is when you come into this world, the life spring is not nurtured. In fact, you're told a lot of things that you have to do and have to be in order to get rewards and be loved. And that makes you then begin to step into a domesticated slavery. You act according to that which gives you love and feeds you and supports you. And you do what is told of you so that you can continue to have that support, that love, that nurturing, that feeding of whatever it is that's feeding you. If it's shelter, if it's food, or if it's having a family or being accepted in society or being acknowledged amongst your peers, that energy makes you distort your own energy because you go against the things that are naturally you. The labels and the conditions that you place yourself on, those labels and conditions that you place are the ones that were given to you. It's not something that you came into the world and said, oh, this is what I am. No, those things were given to you through television, through movies, through your family, through their observation of God, through whatever culture you were brought up in and however your family structure was built. Most of the things that you actually believe about yourself when it comes to a label or some kind of condition of this is what I am and this is how I've always been is a lie. So if you ever catch yourself saying that, this is who I am and this is how I've always been, it's not true. You may have been that way because you're following a program that keeps reinstating itself every time you activate it through your choice. Your choice is the ability to activate your will to accept a truth about something you believe and keep recycling it even though your being is like, don't want that. And the reason why you're having money problems or health problems or relationship problems are just problems to begin with is because I am rebelling against you naturally and you keep artificially bringing in the same program that I've been wanting to get away from since I was a child. And that program, which has been given to you, puts you in a box and that box squelches and limits that wellspring of creation to come through your being. And so in order for us to be truly liberated, we have to realize that every time we have a problem with something outside of us, it's because there's some resistance or restriction we're placing within us. And that allows us to begin to see the outer, the inner, the inner, the outer, the above as so below as a reality of truth. The understanding of the dimensional gates exists within the circumstances that you place upon them, such as you can access different dimensions, but you can only access those different dimensions if you expand your awareness and consciousness to be aware of those dimensions. And the only way you can be aware of those dimensions is by being able to dismantle your resistance to yourself. You see, your true self, which is this limitless love being that is just so powerful and it's like literally the creator itself does not um, adhere to all of these human roles 
These human rules are created to devalue the human self into a domesticated animal, much like a dog or a cat, whereas cats are much more independent and dogs are much more uh, codependent. They still operate in the functions of, you still going to give me food, so I'm going to do this and do this and do this and do this in order to get the love from you to survive, right? So it's the idea of domestication is the idea of, if I follow your rules, you'll, you'll help me survive. And the ones who don't want to follow the rules, well, you know, those are the animals, the primal animals in nature that a jaguar or a lion or a monkey or an elephant would care less about what you have to offer. It wants to be free and do as it chooses and live in its environment as it wants. And it doesn't need your domestication. Animals that are domesticated are because we are domesticated. And so we show them the way of slavery and by inflicting slavery upon that animal. We think we have the right to do so. Well, that's the reason why we do it, because it's being done to us. The thing is, is that the definition of being able to access those other dimensional realms or other dimensional frequencies that allow you to be able to go into different thoughts and ideas and perceptions requires you to be able to let go of the pride, the righteousness, and the need for you to be in that space of holding on. Now, what makes you hold on? Well, what makes you hold on is the righteousness, the pride. It's the energy of I've given so much of this, so it has to be like this, or I have this agenda, and so it has to be like this. And if I don't get what I want, then I'm going to do this. It's this idea that I'm right, and no matter what, I'm willing to die for my righteousness, even though it can be completely off. Wouldn't it be cool like if people in the world who made mistakes, you know, especially like when it comes to like governments and politics and so forth would say all these promises to people, but then when it doesn't work out, they're like, well, you know what? We were wrong about that. Sorry. You know, and just really take responsibility for it. Or like Christians who will say they did something um, wrong, but then they can say, God, you know, God forgives, uh, forgives me for my sins. So I can keep doing more sins and God will keep forgiving me and take no accountability for any of it whatsoever. Because the reason why there's no accountability is because the idea is they're gonna do it again and again and again and again and again for the purpose of maintaining that program. The program is the part of the self that's saying, hey, this is on autopilot. I wanna get it off autopilot, but in order to get it off autopilot, we gotta let go of the pride and we gotta let, let go of the righteousness and we have to come back into love. Because love is the true anthem that is being asked of us to show up to right now. That's why you can't like go into the mirror anymore and say anything mean to yourself or just beat up on yourself or get upset with yourself or be annoyed with yourself. You have to have a, like the most wonderful passion towards yourself that you've ever had. Greater than any lover you've ever loved, greater than anything you've ever loved in the world, you have to have that kind of love for yourself. That love that is like saying like, oh yes, you're so amazing. I love you. It's so powerful to be in your presence. Mm, I feel so lucky to be able to be you. It's so wonderful, right? That kind of love, like that love that's just like, you know, it's a bit obsessive, right? But it's not in a bad way obsessive because you see, it becomes in a bad way obsessive when you're obsessing over someone because then you're forgetting about yourself. Obsessive with the love that you have for you, it's okay. And the more obsessive you are with the love you have for yourself, 
the more you're going to be able to do for others and the greater and grander you're going to be able to expand your energy and your magic and anything else you want to manifest in this planet will just show up and happen because you will be aligned to it because your frequency of energy says, yes, I can. Yes, I can. And I have, and that's why I can. And the have, well, that means that you are a multidimensional being. So everything that you actually see yourself doing, you've already done. And you're just actually going through the motions in this moment, at this time frame, in this dimension. But in other dimensions, you've already done it. So the idea is knowing that you've already done it and you're doing it all in the same. How cool is that? I think that's pretty cool. So the thing is, is that you can forego the nonsense in your life by simply just turning away from it, really. I mean, it's not, it's not any big, you know, new shaman hack. I mean, there's a lot of shaman hacks I can, I can share with you, but it's not a big shaman hack for you to just be able to just kind of turn away from the nonsense. So when you stare at the nonsense, right, you're actually taking on the nonsense. It's literally like walking in and putting on the clothes of that nonsense, the jacket, the shirt, the pants, the blouse, the skirt, the dress, the hat, the shoes, the socks, the gloves, whatever it is, the glasses. You're actually taking it on, putting it on and wearing it. And that's not something you want to do because look, here's the deal. The whole system is built on this whole kind of plan to keep you further and further distracted away from yourself so that you begin losing yourself. And the more you lose yourself, you lose God, right? And so you lose yourself, you lose God, you lose creation, you lose source because that is who you are. So you can't really say, oh, I love God if you're willing to lose yourself or lose others. Because the thing is, if you really do love God, you're not gonna lose others and you're not gonna lose yourself. You're not gonna go into this space of, oh, well, you know, this person is horrible and this person is that. You're always going to speak positive about people. Even if there's things you do not like, you want to accentuate the positive aspects of that individual because that's then what you're actually putting your power on and that's what expands within the person. But if you try to villainize them or demonize them or make them evil or wrong or this or that or they did this or they did that, Instead of just realizing like you don't have to have the person in your life to still speak highly of them. You can choose at any given moment to fall into the pattern of speaking bad about a person. That's your choice. But then again, by doing that, you're actually calling yourself away from yourself and calling in the darkness to take residence in your vessel, which is your temple or your biological spacesuit, as I say. A lot of times people say to me, Shaman Dirk, how come I have these parasites that you talk about and I feel heavy or I feel you know blocked or I feel this or I feel that? That's because you keep abandoning yourself and you keep walking away from yourself every time you focus outside of yourself or think bad about another person or talk bad about another person. You're basically claiming the darkness in your ears, in your eyes, in your tongue and in your mouth, which is your tongue, of course, and your heart. And that's not what you want to do. And after you do so many of that, you actually become a person who becomes an agent of the underworld. Like you literally become a physical agent for the underworld spirits to come through and affect your life and the lives of others. And all of that happens because you're unwilling to let go of your pride. You need to be right. You need to have justice, which is your need to be right. 
your need to win over someone, which is your need to be right, and your need to prove a point, which is your need to be right, and your need to say something so that you feel justified in what you're doing, so you decide to do that, and that's also your need to be right. And at the end of the day, it's about your need to be right. So, it's about your need to be right. It's time for you to give up the fight. Turn and face the light. There's no need for you to be right. It's time for you to, to be right. You gotta give up the fight. You don't have to be so right. Turn to the light. Let go being right. It's no more time for you to be right. Stop and give up the fight, fight. Turn to the light, light. And let go of being right, right. It's time for you to give up the fight. It's time for you to stop being right. Come and dance into the light. Dance into the light. Oh yeah. It's time for you to stop being right. It's time for you to give up the fight. It's time for you to dance in the light. It's time for you to stop being right. It's time for you to dance in the light. It's time for you to stop being right. It's time for you to give up the fight. It's time for you to be in the light, in the light, in the light, in the light. It's time for you to be in the light, in the light, in the light, in the light, in the light. It's time for you to be in the light, 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 in the light. Give up the fight, fight, fight in the light, in the light, in the light. In the light, it's time for you to give up the fight. It's time for you to give up the fight. Yes, it's time for you to give up the fight. It's time for you to get in the light. It's time for you to stop being right. This is not about the right. This is not about the fight. This is about the light. So we need to understand that, right? Understand that it's not about the fight. It's not about being right. It's about the light. If you want to sit and talk to people, you have issues with people, you have this about people, don't go in it trying to teach them something. Don't go in it trying to get them to understand your point of view. Go into it from a place of how do we come into a place of love? It seems that there is some friction or some discord. How do we get into a place of love, right? So, when we go and access other dimensions, we're not going to access those dimensions by wanting to be right about what we believe that is possible on any level. We have to let go of the idea that any of these ideas cannot be possible and bring them into possibility. And that is how we open up the doorways to these other dimensions and to other perceptions and to other energies that are coming in and saying, hey, I exist too. You just don't see me but I exist. And if you just open up your mind to the possibility of all things existing, you'll find me. That's pretty cool if you ask me. And shamanism, that's how we live lucid. We live lucid in knowing that 
there's all these possibilities that exist, and there's all these other possibilities that we that exist that we don't know exist, and then there's all these other possibilities that we don't even think could be possible to exist that exist. And all we have to do is just put them all into existence and awareness that they exist and we can access them at any given time. And that is the soul's journey, is to be able to remove all of the energies that are holding you, binding you, creating stagnity, lack, limitation, fear, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, you know, oppression, suppression, all this kind of stuff, naming, blaming, shaming, and release it. Send it on its way. Send it to the light. Send it to the light. Say to yourself, I always like to be right so I can feel safe. I love to be right and I love to fight. But now I've decided to step in the light. And so therefore, I send all of these things away and say goodbye and never let it come back. Because that is the key element for you to be able to find your movement at this time in our evolution. The evolutionary key is sitting on the table waiting for you. It just asks you to reach and grab it and open up the door to the new life that is awaiting you. But in order to pick up that key, you need to have certain powers within you so that when you touch the key, it doesn't fall through your hands because you're not worthy of that key yet because you don't see the worthiness in yourself. The worthiness in yourself is created when you are operating in the field of consciousness that says, I know that there are many possibilities of who I am and I am so open and so willing to explore and get to know each and every one of them because I am a multidimensional being. I am a quantum creator. Let's say that out loud. I love how I am a quantum creator. Let's say it again. I love that I am a quantum creator. And let's do it one more time. I love what an amazing quantum creator I am. You see, when we step into the awareness of knowing, believing, and proclaiming, I love how amazing I am as a quantum creator. Know it and proclaim it. Knowing it and proclaiming it. You see, when we begin to step into this level of awareness, this deep, deep place that is filled with so much gold, so much light, so much joy, so much freedom, so much play, so much pleasure. Ah, did I mention the pleasure? We could all use a lot more pleasure and ecstasy in our bodies a lot more. Why are we holding ourselves back from pleasure? Pleasure is a true definition of movement in this world that the matrix does not want you to know about. Pleasure is the essence that allows you to move and communicate with all spirits and all beings because it opens up that sacred lotus that transmits the light frequencies to all of life in this realm and others. The pleasure energy 
when you feel pleasure in your being, you're capable of moving mountains. You can feel the essence, the reverberations, the energies, the sparks, the desires, the passions that created and collided and made this powerful thing that you're experiencing all because of this pleasure. The pleasure feels like a, like a rebirth and death all in the same happening over and over again. Each sensation creating a new feeling, a new passage into the body that allows your mind to expand, that allows your mind to expand, that allows you to open up and see and feel and taste and touch in ways you've never touched, taste and seen before. The energy, the effervescent field of light moves around you and connects you to the connectivity of other people who are feeling pleasure, joy, ecstasy and bliss. It becomes a movement of spirit. It becomes a, a grand union of family members, of community and connection, brotherhood and sisterhood to come together and share in this beautiful sanctuary of love that is ever going and ever flowing in all directions, waiting for those who would be able to sense and sit in within the stream of pleasure and sense and feel that the birthing of pleasure and sense and know the energy of pleasure being moved through every sense of the being and every way and every light and every energy shifting and lifting and creating and opening and expanding and bursting and shimmering and glitzing and all the glimmer, all the sparkles, all the life force energy. There is this energy all around you every single day. But in order for you to sense it and feel it, you must feel pleasure. You must feel ecstasy. You must feel bliss. You must remove repressive thoughts, uh, ideas that, 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 that squeeze the very essence of you. Where you hold yourself back. Where you limit yourself from freedom where you label yourself to fit in, where you tell yourself lies about yourself, where you put yourself down and put you down on the ground. These things do not allow the pleasure to be felt and seen and touched and tasted. These things actually create barriers, walls, bricks, stone, steel, hardness, limitations these things have no place in your life for they are no power when you decide to pull from it and pull away from it you're pulling from it and pulling away from it so that that energy cannot affect you there is power in that electrifying power you have to let your walls and the barriers and the stones and the metals and the, and the steels it has to be melted, has to break, has to fall. You have to admit that you are wrong. You are wrong. I'm not here to fight you and debate you. I'm here to bring love into this conversation. You have chosen to see and treat me in a way that is not coming from love. And that is your choice. 
However, I elect in this embodiment, in this sole purpose of who I am and what I am to be able to administer the understanding of pure love, not to administer the feeling of projection and fear and guilt and shame and anger and hurt and sadness and discord. We must feel that which moves, not that which doesn't move. You can put feel into a very old, rusted, broken down car and it will not do that which it can do when you put the fuel into something that is vibrant and energetic and ready to take on the world and step into its litness. So the question is, how will you journey to these other dimensions? How will you drink, taste, and touch in ways you never drink, taste, and touch before? At what level do you allow the influx to come into you? That's something to think about. Love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi, tribe. And we have another tribe share from Melissa Jaanne, an intuitive coach, strategist, and a no bullshit psychic who's here to share with some energy forecast for November in 60 seconds. So uh, we're very excited. You can follow um, her on IG, which is at Mountain Girl Intuitive. And you can also check out her website at Melissa Jan. And that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-J-E-A-N-N-E dot net. So enjoy. Uh, Here is your November energy update in 60 seconds or less. So straight up, November is kind of a confusing energy. It holds a lot of really complex possibilities. Um, On the fluffy side, this is a great time to be building community and relationships and reaching out for collaborations. Um, If you own your own business, now is the time to create teams that have diversity of thought. There's a lot of power behind creating teams like that. But on the heavier side, November uh, is going to shake up our beliefs and it's going to really challenge our way of living and our lifestyle. And it's really, really begging us to listen with the intent of understanding each other and not trying to change each other's opinion because with community comes understanding and that's what we're being challenged to do this month. So there you have it. Have a happy November. Bye. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. 
Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hey tribe, welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Dirk, and remember, it's all about keeping it lit and keeping it real. We don't care about the nonsense. We want to hear what's real, and we want to get down to the core so that we can rock this casbah. And it's so important right now too that we get away from all that nonsense and all that bullshit because we want to be able to stay lit and ride the lit train all the way to success and true liberation. And the only way we're going to do that is when we get real and real talk and break it down with no nonsense and just, you know, uncover what's necessary for us to stay in that space of just complete optimizing ourselves in every way. And I am super happy because to keep it lit, we need to have lit people coming on and sharing with you. We got Jason Harris in the house, who is a CEO of the award-winning creative agency Mechanism and co-founder of the Creative Alliance and author of the national bestseller, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. We're going to get into all of that, which is really dope. Just the, you know, just the soulful art of persuasion. Come on now, really? That's amazing. Harris works closely with brands through blend of soul and science to create provocative campaigns that engages audience, iconic brands, including Peloton, Ben and Jerry's and Miller Coors, HBO and United Nations. Uh, under his leadership and mechanism was named to be the ad agency of A-List twice in their best places to work. I mean, that's got to say a lot to you. And that's just also too, is about really uncovering like what it takes to be your best best, best self, because, you know, that's what we need. We need people like to hear from people like this so that we can just stay in that space and remember how cool it is to just create all types of amazing things, especially when it comes to brands. Cause you look at all those brands out there, people just copying each other. Like there's no sense of realness and, and, and just no sense of self and no sense of real purpose in, in their brand. So this is great. It's going to be a great conversation. I just want to welcome you to the studio. I just really appreciate you being here, Jason. Oh, thanks for having me. I really, I love, 
I love the rock, the Casbah. You know, that's one of my uh, favorite songs, really, the Clash. Yep, me too. <laughs> you know, the Sharif don't like it. Exactly, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I like I like things that were just you know we just get because like the thing I say to everyone in the tribe is that we're lit rockers and lit rockers means people who get shit done, not people who sit back and watch shit get done, but people who actually get shit done. And the lit rockers is what we call ourselves. And we just, you know, we're not light workers. We're lit rockers. Cause light workers like, yeah, some love and light stuff, but you know, lit rockers are like, yeah, I can handle anything. I'm about to throw it down. I'm going to like put my feet down and ground into this and like, and, and, and not mind all the nonsense and stay focused and all that good stuff that we so desire. So I like that. It's almost like a intent. There's an intensity to that. There's an ambition and intensity to that where you can still have sort of uh, the lightness of all the things that are happening around you, but there's much more of a, like a drive to it, I think. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, like, as I say to all the women who listen, like, you know, they're not soccer moms, they're rocker moms, you know, because they, they're just like, yeah, I dropped off the kids and, you know, but at the same time, I'm running business and I'm keeping I'm holding down the fort and, you know, and building brands and doing all kinds of great stuff. So we just got a, a, a huge inspiring tribe. And I just want to ask you, what inspired you to write the soulful art of persuasion? And what does that mean to be soulful? Yeah. So, um, it was like a, it was a three-year journey, but I've been in advertising and brand building my whole career, you know, 20, 20 years or so. And I was always a student of business books and marketing books. And I found the way that I was building the company that I started and the brands that I work with was different than the business books I was reading. I thought they were a little bit off because they really focused a lot on, um, you know, appealing to the other person, but doing so in a way that maybe wasn't as genuine or transparent. It's a way to sell or close deals based on sort of, I would say, negative persuasion, not building real uh, long-term relationships, not being true to yourself, but doing more of the mirror and matching with the other person to get them to sort of, you know, sign. And I felt like you could do that in a way you could persuade, but you could do it in a much more soulful, inspiring, not transactional, playing the long game type of way. And that inspired me to write this book, which is a, it's, it's unique in the world out there because you can still, it's similar to what you're going into, which is you can still push hard and be successful and build a business, but you can do it by being yourself at all times and adding soulfulness, doing something beyond just trying to make money, you know, adding something back into the world that's positive. And that's really what Soulful is all about to me. You're amazing. You rock. I, I'm in love with you. You're amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm champagne. I'm like, I'm your champion. Uh, just, you know, just campaign champion for you. Uh, no, but seriously, like what you just said is so needed. And I'm so glad you said it because I feel like where we are today, everyone is trying to make everyone happy. And I call it literally petting the pooch. It's that, you know, you know, it's this whole thing of like, if I make you happy and I do what you want me to do, and if I say what you want to hear, then you're going to buy my product. You're going to like me. You're going to listen to me. You're going to get inspired me. And I'm going to be a major influencer because I'm going to be able to sell out to you, whatever makes you happy. But the moment they're not happy, 
you're going to be jumping through all these hoops. And, you know, and like for me, even as a shaman, like when I first came on the scene and first started letting myself be known in the media and television and all this kind of stuff, people were always trying to like, like, I remember there was all these companies were like wanting to take me on and wanted to shape me to be this guru. And I was like, I'm like, I'm down with the guru. I'm not into the guru. Like I'm like, I'm down, like meaning when I say down, like, like I'm not into it at all. Like, yeah. I don't want, shikis and I don't want to wear your scarves and unless I want to wear it because I choose to rock it out with a nice Metallica shirt and make it look like the way I want it to look not the way you want it to look and it was this whole thing about like everyone following how Deepak Chopra dresses or Michael Bathwick or anybody who's out there who's instrumentally doing stuff in the spiritual community or the wellness community everyone has to have a yoga mat and doing downward dogs and I was just like, this shit is boring and I can't do it this way. And I'm not going to do it this way. And I'm not going to be anyone's teacher. I'm here to just help you remember. And people are like, what? Like, you can't do that. What is that? But that's why that's what created your success, right? So everyone has the opportunity to be an original. So that's sort of the first principle in my book is about being an original. And it's really that idea of, you know, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. If you don't lean into your personal idiosyncrasies, the way you want to dress, the way you want to speak, your influences, your role models, how you approach things, you know, the little, the lit thing that you came up with, like th that's your, that's your really zeitgeist and how you feel. And if you don't lean into that and being yourself, you, you're gonna, you know, you're not really gonna be ever truly successful and along that way, you're going to turn people off, but that's good. You know, you're going to create your own white space where you're going to be um, totally yourself, stick to your values. And there's, you know, a lot of, I have a lot of like sort of habits you can learn in the book about pushing into your originality. But I think it's really critical for business success to come in and show up and be yourself and not have your business mask and your at-home mask and your friends from college mask and your friends from, you know, high school mask or your new friends, you know, you should be always completely your original self in every situation. And that's part of what I believe is successful in business. I think, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad that you're saying it. And I think you need to shout it even louder into the world because I see a lot of copycats and like, they're like, they're just like walking in troves now. It's just like, you know, just re, it's just regurgitated nonsense. I see it in Hollywood and films. I see it in television. I see it in the art world. I see it in the fashion world. It's just like people just constantly copycatting each other, taking something that was once done and trying to reform it and make it something new, but it's still the same thing that was and there's nothing original coming out of it why do you think people are doing that um i think because they know it's it's lazy you know you know that you can fall on past success and regurgitate it and it will do fairly well you know what i mean it, but you're not adding anything new and insightful and original into the world you're just sort of playing on tropes that you know are successful. It's lazy. It's easy. Right. Sometimes it works and sometimes it backfires. But it, or it's either laziness or you, don't, you haven't defined your, your core values or your inspiration or your uniqueness enough to put something... Or, you, know, you, don't, you don't know what that is yet, so you don't know what to put out there into the world. You know, that's, those are kind of the two paths, I would say. 
either, you know, lazy, like hacking your way to quick success, laziness, or you're not sure what you have to say. So you, you copy something else. I think it's probably those two. Yeah, because I mean, when they took Willy Wonka from the, 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 you know, the way it was back when, you know, and then made it to with Johnny Depp and stuff, I was just a little disappointed. I thought maybe you just leave it alone and maybe create like what happens after Willy Wonka or something, create something new if you feel like you have to touch it. But I just feel like even when I see people do like stuff in the wellness world, they like everyone just wants to copy something. So they'll just add something else on top of it instead of just create something that has never been created before. What does it take for people to actually get out of that copycat world and really start showing up as a true innovator? Yeah, well, I think, you know, part of the skill of being being an original is um, really learning how to be a great, to, what, be a great storyteller and how do you make your point of view real to an audience by being able to transport them emotionally through narrative and look into your story. I mean, we started talking, right? And you kind of, you know, we talked about your relationship for like five minutes before the show started, but I got a lot of information, a lot of originality about your story and your path in your relationship. And so we have these personal stories that help explain uh, to other people who we are and what we stand for and what we believe in very quickly. And so the art of storytelling, I think, for everyone is a really important skill into being, you know, flexing your originality and your uniqueness. And I mean, I, it's a skill I had to learn over time where, you know, I would take like um, a journal and, and write down, you know, why is Blade Runner my favorite movie? Why do I like The Stranger? Why do I, uh, why, why did that thing that happened to me at seven make such an impact on me? Why did I follow this band? Why do I love, you know, The Clash? Uh, when I reacted to, you know, the Casbah notion. And I think having those points of view and the things that you love um, help you then develop original things that are blender combination of those things. So I think, you know, one way to do that is just really practice being a great storyteller to help form your, your own personal identity. Yeah, I think that's really great news that you're sharing with um, the tribe. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, the whole concept of soulful art of persuasion, how can we utilize that concept to forward humanity right now? Yeah, so to me, you know, part of my, um, uh, there's basically four principles that make up the book. One is this idea that we've been focusing on about originality. The second is, is generous which is how, how can you become a generous person? The third is being empathetic, which is really about collaboration and having a natural curiosity about others. And the fourth principle that we're hitting on here is this idea of soulfulness. And to me, soulfulness is, is really about becoming an inspiration and striving to be inspirational in your daily life, having everyone, like everyone in your tribe that you, that, that, you, know, you work with, try to get all of them to be a little more inspirational for their network in their daily life and find something that they can fight for that's bigger than just themselves. And so I do that, you know, I apply my advertising skills to, for causes to do, and, you know, I can get into that in a bit, but it could be any, any skill you have. It could be, you know, my, I have a friend in the UK named Josh Combs who was, um, he was a barber. 
you know, he cut hair. That's what he did. And one, one day he went to, um, he was in London. He went out on his lunch break and cut a homeless guy's hair. That's what he did one day. And then the next day he took an hour and a half break and cut two homeless people's hair. And then before you know it, one day off a week, he was doing that. Then he was traveling around the world doing that. And then he really transformed from doing, being coming a barber to cutting people's hair and making a, a book about it and going in public speaking about it and getting paid to speak about it. So he took a simple idea, one skill that he had, which is being a barber and cutting hair and, and gave, gave a shit to become a more soulful, inspirational person by one action which you know changed his life. And it doesn't have to change your life, but it's the idea of all of us, whatever we do, whatever skills we have, try to apply that skill to doing something beyond yourself. And the impact of that, both in your business and your personal life, is incredibly powerful. And everyone did that in the world, the world would certainly be a much better place. That to me is what soulfulness is all about. It's applying your skill to uh, something that you care about and seeing what the magic that happens when you do that. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you were saying, you know, going, it's how it changes your life. And I think the whole concept of being of service is, is changing your life because you learn so much about who you really are when it comes to a place of just being in service, when it's not about you and it's more about the people and the community and the and nature and, and animals and the planet as a whole, because you, then you realize, wow, I, the, the me is still being, is still being served, but it's being served on this bigger level because as I make this world and make space for people to be more liberated and, and more inspired and more innovative on this world, this actually world gets better. And then I get to, live a better life because of the way the world is operating. So I think it's... Um... That's exactly right. You just nailed it. And the other thing it does, why it relates to my, you know, the soulful persuasion, is it also, if you're doing that, you're inspiring other people and they're looking at you differently and you become more more influential person. That's not the reason you do it. You know, you don't take that action so you can be more powerful or more influential. That's just the byproduct of doing it. Yeah. But, it, but, but it is people look at you differently because you're inspiring them to go do more than, you know, just take care of their own needs. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a loop. You do it, they do it, you know, they get other people to do it and it, you know, keeps growing from there. Yeah, because like for one of the things that I always say, because people always say to me, thank you, Shaman Dirk, for doing this for me, for helping change my life. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop it right here, okay? You need to start recognizing that you made the choice. All I did was hold space for you to see your power. You made the choices to get to that space and you need to thank yourself. Like if I take friends out to dinner, they'll be like, thank you for the dinner. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You manifested this dinner. Whatever's going on inside of your psyche, whatever's going on in your spiritual being, you were able to manifest someone taking you out to dinner. You got to give yourself some props for that. Yeah, so that, that. you know, so that people can really redefine their power versus being codependent in this day and age. That's what the system wants you to be. The matrix wants you to be codependent so that you can operate in this, this field of uh, not really knowing, but just kind of doing as things tell you to do. And I think that really limits us from really knowing like what types of things are, are really beneficial for us. Like what type of products do we really need to buy? Are we just buying it because we're just like sheep, sheeple, 
and we're just going along with the masses. You think so? You think the system is trying to have us sort of not question things? I think the system is trying to flood so much input into the people and by giving, putting celebrities next to it and putting different types of voices next to it. So that, oh, well, because such and such wears it, then it must be good. Instead of giving people the education behind the companies, giving people the understanding of the stories that built those companies, really beginning to kind of create um, a, a new understanding of communication and community connection that allows people to know that what they're actually in investing in is not just the product they're investing in themselves, but they're also investing in a vision that helps because a company is ethically created uh, uh, something that's, you know, beneficial for everyone. I love that. I mean, I think um, an example, you know, one brand we work with is, is Ben and Jerry's and people want to buy from that brand because they stand for something, you know, they all have always stood for social issues like criminal justice, climate change, Etc. But I think people know when they're buying that product, it's not just okay; it's good tasting ice cream. But they're selling; uh, they're they're using their money to help social causes and issues. And I think they're one of the, you know, best examples of the power of creating a successful brand when you stand for something, when you have a purpose and you have a soul. And I think they're they've done it really incredibly well. Um, and they stand for something beyond. We make, we make good tasting ice cream or companies that make deodorant or shoes or whatever it might be. I think it's really important that you have to add soul into the brand you're building and tell people what you believe and what you support and then support that with your money. You know? I think- yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something that, you know, our culture really, you know, I I created this thing um, with the podcasts uh, that we do other than the shares that we do. It's called Going Deep with Shaman Dirk. And I go and I research companies, sit with the CEOs, find out their visions with their ethics. Why? Why do I want to support their their brand? I mean, share it with the tribe Uh, because I do this thing called Lit Verify. So whenever I Lit Verify something, it means that I actually did the due diligence to either try the product for a long period of time. Um, and experience something amazing from it, not just me, but my whole team. And then also go and meet with the CEO and find out what was the inclination, what was the vision, what was the inspiration, what was the spark that like made them think this into manifestation and for the people and why is it for the people or is it just for you to fill your pockets with cash? You know, because it's got to be a win-win. I mean, you, it's always great to make money. I'm not here to kick down money on any level. Money can, you know, can do a lot of great things in the world when you have it. So it's great to make money, but it's also good to make sure that when you're making money, you're doing it in a way that's actually benefiting the world and benefiting people. So that way, you know, you then will start to use your money for even greater and more amazing things, which I think is really necessary. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I love that. Yeah. So where do you feel right now as far as like, because, you know, there's a lot of advertisements out there. There's a lot of billboards. There's a lot of people telling us to buy things and try things and, and, you know, and and all of these different things. And how can people really define a soulful brand that they would actually want to get into? What are some of the key things they need to look for? Well, I think you can look for what, you know, what they define their purposes, what they say that their mission is, why they exist. I think it goes back to like those conversations you're having with the CEO. What, you know, what is the, what is behind it? Because people start brands and companies usually for 
something beyond I want to make money. There's usually a reason or a need or something they want to address. What is the soul and the reason why they started that company? And then are they living that? Are they doing something, you know, to, to give back? I don't have, you know, we don't have like, you know, you have a lit verify sort of uh, seal of approval. And I, I you know, I, I don't necessarily think you can hit that with every brand, but I think you can go, you know, go on their sites, do some research, find out what they're doing. You know, do they believe in if they're uh, an outdoor company, do they really believe in helping the climate? Do they believe in, in supporting that? Or is that just something that they talk about in their ads? You know, I think doing a little research and due diligence about what's behind the company is important. But if you look behind any company, there's going to, and you look far enough, you're going to find there's going to be skeletons just like people, right? Like no one is perfect. You know, you're not going to find a brand that hasn't done and caused any issue, a big brand, or hasn't done anything wrong or hasn't had an employee that's, you know, done something internally. But I think you can find at the, at the thrust of the brand, what is behind it and what do they feel and how do they continue to show up and act? And I think those are the brands you want to support. And I think today, you know, brands really, the consumers are expecting brands to do more. They're not expecting them just to sell products. They're expecting them to sell an idea and then to live up to that idea. So, you know, we work, we work a lot with brands on trying to unearth if they're doing something good for the world, they should be talking about it. They should bring that to the forefront. That should be part of their story, not buried in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, totally do. I do. I love it. I'm like a hundred percent across the board. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I just love, I love talking to you. It's great. Oh, did it's, I it's wonderful. So as people, as influ, uh, people influence, right? Cause there's a lot of influencers who are listening right now. So people influence, how can we use our platform to be of service during this time of unpredictability? So, and, and like during COVID, yeah, COVID and just in general. Like, okay, like Black Lives Matter, et cetera. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, I always go back to this idea that um, this psychologist, Jonathan Haidt, said it best, which is the human mind is a, is a story processor, not a logic processor. So I think, you know, people that are, that are trying to find data and facts and information, that doesn't stick, you know, that doesn't, put people on a path of, um, of remembering or feeling. It's not emotional. It's just logical. And so I think when you're thinking about an influencer who's connecting with their audience, I think you have to think about that idea that the human mind is a story processor. So what's a story that you can tell uh, that can convey someone on the other side that is having a hard time or going through something where you can make them feel a little bit better by telling a personal story. So my advice is to be vulnerable and open during this time and share personal stories with an intent to help someone through something hard, you know, with an intent to evoke an emotional response that makes them feel better um, or more importantly, maybe feel or see the world a little bit differently. Um, that, that's sort of what I think people should be doing during this time. And do you feel that uh, a lot of there's a lot of people out there who are not use, utilizing their influence in in the way that can support people? And uh, why do you think that they're not doing that? 
that's a good question. You know, that they're not supporting people. Well, I think, I think also when, when things contract and when things get, I mean, it's, you know, we have businesses, right? When businesses and the economy and things get shut down and you add, um, you know, political and, and, and racial tension on top of it, and then you add boycotting different companies for their stances, you're, you're sort of in this like sort of um, storm of all these things happening right now. And I think it's harder when that's happening for people to worry about others and not just think about how all this is impacting them personally. And so um, that's a natural reaction. And I just, I don't know if, you know, people aren't doing that, but it doesn't feel like enough people are trying to reach out to, you know, the world and their network and their influences to try to make people feel a little bit easier to share a story or to inspire people. I feel like the natural reaction when things get really difficult is to go inside. And I think, you know, I'm just an advocate for going the other way, which is, uh, push to tell your story, push to have conversations like the one we're having, you know, push to post that on your platforms to connect with your audience, to make sure people feel like, you know, they're not alone and, you know, try to be of service right now, which is hard because you're trying to keep the stuff you're building going. Um, but I think it's important to, to aim a little higher. Yeah, because I feel like right now a lot of there's a lot of people that I would like to see using their you know their influence to really support people at this time. I think when we deal with you know difficult matters, I think the the true the true uh, form of of what I call honorability is when people are actually showing up for other people instead of making it about them. And I see a lot of people still glorifying themselves um, in the social media and in their platforms instead of thinking, hey, you know, we need to join together right now and utilize our resources to really bring about change and really support each other. So that way we are not, um, you know, just taking advantage of, because I always say, you know, a person who has a lot of influence, you know, like even just with myself and, you know, the way me and my girlfriend think about things, you know, being in, in who we are in the world, we always think, how can we use our power as being a royal couple to support the world, support people, to speak out on issues that we need to speak out from, from, the, from that position of the royal family that no one's speaking about, that people are not, you know, not really taking action on and how can we use our influence to do that and i think it would just be really nice even if even in small ways that people have to be able to get themselves to to, to look at all of their resources and be able to do that what do you think is a way for people to motivate themselves to want to use whatever resource they have available to start supporting something bigger than themselves what is a way to get motivated to do that yeah um I, you know, one way, I, you know, one way to do that is to look at your inspirations who, you know, I always like, I did a, I did this graduation speech, um, not so long ago. And, and I always talked about, you know, your life cause I'm in the storytelling business and you think of your life as a story and you think of, you want to think of the end of the story and then work backwards, you know, where, where do you want to end up? And I think, when we're thinking about it as, you know, week to week, month to month, in short term, 
and we're not thinking about the the long game. We're thinking about we're playing like the short game. I think it's really hard to open up and and do more and be soulful and try to give back and try to have like you're talking about as a Royal Cup, we'll have a bigger message and be, you know, put a lot of ideas that you believe out there, even though they might be controversial or not everyone's going to like them. And I think when you think about your, your life story, that really makes you think, am I doing enough to make an impact? And do I want, you know, do I want to worry about what's happening right in front of me? Or do I want to worry about the legacy and, and, and what it's going to be sort of at the end? And so I do that. And then I also look at who inspires me. You know, Muhammad Ali is known as, you know, the, the greatest of all time because he was an amazing boxer. But he's inspiring because he fought against the Vietnam War and lost five years of money, of title, of fighting. Um, you know, you got he was thrown in jail for dodging the draft, and it, because he it didn't it didn't he stood up for something that he didn't believe in. It didn't match his ideals. War didn't match his ideals, even though he was a boxer. And when you think of his legacy and you think of role models like that, and you do the research, you realize well. He's a legend because he stood for principles that he, he stood up in the face of hardship for something that he believed in when it was unpopular at the time. And that's a way that you can personally be motivated because you look at those role models that, that speak to you, that stand out to you, and that should inspire you to do that at whatever level that works in your life. And I think that's, that's really you know one way to, to motivate people is have them think about the totality of their life and the big picture. And if they do that, they're going to start making some different changes and not taking the easy path and trying to stand for something. And when it comes to um, building a brand, what is some of the things that someone should start um, when it comes to building their brand? What should they be looking at? How should they get started? What is that? What does that look like? Like if they're building their personal brand or they're building a brand, a brand brand? Uh, they're building a personal brand. Well, as we know, a personal brand always turns into a brand brand because yeah. it, it becomes a conglomerate of people believing in a vision that you've created and then it kind of just grows from there. Um, but yeah, same thing. You know, it really starts with, yeah, it's the same thing. So if we're building a brand, a brand brand, or if we're, you know, if we're talking about someone building their own, it's, it's really about, you know, the first thing, you know, when I started my company, I wrote down what are, the, what are the five beliefs, what are the five things that I need for this to be part of me or an extension of me? What are those beliefs that I have? And I wrote those down. And that's really the, the first step is to stick to those beliefs, write them down. You know, you have to tell everyone, like every person that I hired in my company, we went through the beliefs with them. We print those beliefs. You know, we review them in all company meetings, for example. So I think the first thing when you're building that is what are the val core values you stand for that are unique to you? And then what is your personality or what do you want to put out there in the world consistently? Because I think, you know, consistency is really important. And so, you know, those sort of tenets of like simplify simplify the idea of what you stand for, what your belief system is, be consistent with it over time. And then I'd say the third thing is 
trying to collaborate. So tr when you start out, trying to connect with other people in the space and build your network and build relationships that you know they can count on you and you can count on them. Don't think you have to do it all by yourself. You know, don't try to have a chip on your shoulder like I'm going to build this thing on my own. But you're going to collaborate with other people. So you know, those are the kind of rules of the road that I always follow: is is simplify what you stand for, write down your beliefs, be consistent with your message, and then you know, look to look to collaborate and and build a community with others. So, so when people are stepping into that space, you know, because like one of the things that um, comes up a lot is criticism, right? People get criticized. How do you stay true in your heart's mission when people are trying to bring you down? Well, I think that happens. Uh, anytime you put anything into the world, I think people always try to bring you down or tell you that it's not genuine or why it's wrong. Uh, and that's really usually out of, uh, jealousy a lot of times, or you, they might've had a different experience with you and now you've maybe transformed yourself or you have different beliefs. And so they, they want to, you know, say that wasn't in my experience, but I think, you know, to stay true to your heart's mission is really, it's really challenging, but it's about being true to your core values and showing strength when it's really hard, you know, being your authentic self, sticking to your core values while you're adapting to all everything that's happening around you is is really part of that idea of of being a true original and i think don't change your unique personality quirks to fit someone else's idea of you um that's how you have to stay true to your heart's mission you can't the, the opinion you should worry about is your own and if you worry about everyone else's opinion you're going to get taken off course and you know, you're going to be succumbing to what they want is for you to not be as successful as you can be. So the opinion that matters the most is yours and everything else you shouldn't really think about. It takes a distant second. You know, th there's an asterisk to this. If you're a total asshole, <laughs> you know, you're never going to be successful anyway. You know, if you're, <laughs> you know, if you're just an asshole and everyone's uh, coming out against you, you know, your heart's mission is in the wrong place anyway. So you're not going to be successful that way. You might be successful in the short term, but you can't have long-term success by not building relationships and not having, you know, look at you. Like you've got a tribe that counts on you. And by following your mission, you're going to continue to build that tribe. If you let that tribe down or you were, you were an asshole or you weren't true to your heart's mission, you wouldn't be building that, right? Like Exactly. I build it in the short term, but it would be, it would be flighty. It would go away, you know, in a year or it would start to diminish. Um, so I think it's really important to think about your core values, being, being consistent with them and letting your, your freak, freak flag fly and not worrying about what other people's, what other people think, except your own opinion. And that, you know, you got to stay true to that, that heart's mission and realize that it's a long, it's a long game. You're not going to build it. In this, it's a marathon. You know what I mean? You're not going to build something very quickly that's going to explode. It's going to take a lot of time and determination um, for the for that success to happen. And you know that's that's what all the lit rockers need. They need they need to be committed and they need time, and they'll get there. You know. 
What do you feel is the biggest challenge right now amongst the world of influencers and tastemakers when leading conversations of progressive change and how can we perform better? So the, I'd say the biggest challenge is really knowing... That's why I think like that core belief system is really important. Knowing what you stand for and that you don't have to come out uh, and, and have a point of view on every single thing that happens in the world. You know what I mean? You don't have to jump from issue to issue to issue to issue because I think that is... Um, you might not know enough or have a point of view about every single issue. You should really be focused on those things that you believe in, what you're trying to, to help your audience with or what you believe or what you want to stand up for. And you can leverage if that's your core belief and something's happening in the world and you can apply it to that, that works. But it's not your job to go after every, you know, um, atrocity or issue in the world and just issue hop without a, without focus. Uh, I think that's sort of an issue that um, happens right now in, in influencers today where they're just trying to ride the wave of whatever the new thing is, the new issue of the day, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, completely makes sense. Absolutely. I think it's something that we have to, I think we just have to get more focused on, on what it is that we're actually driving forward, you know, cause a lot of times people just drive things forward without really consciously thinking about how it would the impact of um, how that will affect and what kind of energy are they willing to put in on the long run? Cause instead of being a short term thing. Yeah. So what are you trying to like, do you have your sort of idea of, obviously you do. So I'm using it as an example. <laughs> But what you're trying to accomplish with your tribe. Yeah. So what I am accomplishing with the tribe is to put the power back in people's hands to make them uh, not a codependent operative on the planet, but a, a functional source generated operative that is able to utilize emotional intelligence and their spiritual technology and, and their conscious um, intuition and knowledge of what's happening in the world and what do people need and being able to create a space for other people and themselves to provide that and then to create innovation in ways that we have not seen before by having them think outside of what they see in what's present before them. So it's about building an army. My whole thing is building an army and I'm not building an army that's going to fight a war. I'm building an army that is going to create a new world, a new uh, level of thinking, a new level of consciousness, a new lexicon, a new way of communicating different, like really paying attention to word structures, like not eliminating words like try or words that like that say things where they're the vibration and the codes of those words do not amplify innovation and creation. They, they actually stifle them. And so I'm, you know, uh, my dedication is to really put the power back in people's hands and then utilize that as ways for people to function within their social communities um, and then build from that space in those communities. So each person is driving the, the message of love forward as leadership to build leaders among leaders, which is different from what Martin Luther King did and what different from what Mandela did. And so when I look back at some of my mentors, such as Dr. Martin Luther King, Mandela, Malcolm X, uh, um, what you call it, um, Helen Keller, and so many more. 
ask. What I found with each of them, with Helen Keller, what I loved about her was that she was willing to persevere no matter what anyone told her is possible. So she was able to see possibility where possibility was bleak and dim for others to see. And I think that's a remarkable thing because when people lose hope or the idea that possibility can't exist because of what they've been told by the structure or the system that they're put in, um, and then for them to be able to show the possibility does exist, but no one's been able to see it because they weren't willing to get out of that social box. Uh, that means a lot to me. And then with Martin Luther King, you know, in, in the civil rights movement and being able to educate people. But what he did was he put himself in a position of power to lead the people instead of teaching the people how to be leaders. So that way it's not one being taken out. He can't just take out one person. They would have to take out millions of people. And so that's where I'm changing the narrative. I love that. That's amazing. That's such a good vision. And I think, I think the other, you know, to talk about Martin Luther King also was such a, a great storyteller when we talk about storytelling because he didn't, he didn't lecture his audience with facts and figures and, and talk about logic or like socioeconomic disparity. He told this kind of what you're doing here. You're telling a story of a future. Like he talked about, you know, where people were judged not by the, the color of their skin, by the content of their character. He always talked about a, he used storytelling to talk about the place he wanted to get to, not where we were and not complaining about how things aren't balanced. He used this like powerful language of a future state of, of the world. And I think it's such a good example um, that, you know, everyone can, can learn from that the best, you know, the best, most talented people, like all the ones you name and more that we look for as, you know, legendary and made a difference. It was always from a place of what, what can the future become that's better than where we are right now? Yeah, I call it unlocking, unlocking the prison to step into a new room. Like it's like for me, I look at everything kind of like a video game because I love playing video games. And the way I look at it is that every state of consciousness that we're experiencing is because there's certain people holding that consciousness in place and propelling that consciousness through their conversations of storytelling. And in shamanism, we always say that storytelling, storytelling is the building blocks to perception. So so what we so when I teach people how to access the invisible planes and actually build a sensation of energy in their hands and throw it across the room and blast it into the room where they can feel it take over the whole room and the, and people walk in and go what is that? That's because I'm teaching them and helping them remember what's already in them to see to the, that the room that they've been built to live in there are other rooms available and those other rooms can be accessed and so to get to those other rooms you have to be fluid you have to be a fluid human being that means that you don't put labels and rules and conditions and ideas and concepts and realities upon yourself that have been generated by a system or by other people you create them yourself love that and you so you can imagine them and to imagine them then you can you can focus on creating them but if you can't even imagine them there's no way you can make them happen because they're not aware of the room existing. You have to first to travel to the room. You need to know the room exists. In order to know the room exists, you have to believe and you have to know that you can imagine it. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> that's, a, that's freaking live verified right there. Ah, uh, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, so the soulful art of persuasion, what are people going to get by getting this book of yours? Um, well, really to me, it's a, it's a playbook of, of how to, how to sell in a modern era. To me, it's the, it's, you know, a, a Harvard professor called it a modern day version of how to win friends and influence people. And to me, that's really what it's about. Whether you're, you know, running a major company, working at a startup, you got a side hustle. I think it really helps with lessons and tools to really sharpen your approach and to focus on, you know, what it is that you that you want to build and become. And and for me, you know, I I had known these beliefs that I had, and but some of them I had to. When you talk about rooms, I had to learn. I knew the room existed, but I had to learn how to tap into the room. So, like generosity to me is a really a core principle. But I wasn't born necessarily as like a generous person. I had to develop that habit. And to me, you know, the book has eleven habits that you can learn that will make you a more influential person, and I think even you know a more soulful person. I thank you for writing this book and thank you for being here on Ancient Wisdom today. How can people stay in touch with you and connect with you? Uh, yeah, my, my uh, site is thesoulfulart.com and uh, you can find me on any social channel at, at Jason underscore Harris. Uh, I'll be sure to be following him. I'm, I'm going actually right now to go follow you. <laughs> Uh, really appreciate you, Jason. You're amazing. And you're such a gift to this world to be able to help people stay in their soulful place and really create not just from the self, but for everyone and make it an all inclusive experience. And that's, you know, uh, something that this world needs more of. And for someone like you, who's leading the way in the conversation and helping companies, um, to really um, stay in that space of authenticity, hats off to you, bro. No, thanks, man. It's likewise. And it was a pleasure being able to connect with you and talk to you on your show. Thank you. That was a great conversation uh, with Jason Harris. Uh, he is such a great guy. He's got a great company mechanism. And, you know, just being a person who is really about creating a soulful relationship when it comes to how we're dealing with marketing, advertising, and brand building. Um, you know, he is a best-selling author. And if you haven't checked out his book, you definitely should, uh, because it's definitely there to support people in really getting into it. For those of you who don't remember, it's called The Soulful Art of Persuasion, you know, and it's the 11 habits that will make anyone a master influencer. You know, the key element here, which I really enjoyed a lot about is you know, you know, his journey, you know, he's a three-year journey into brand building. And, you know, he's, he said like, he read all these different business books, right? And he realized that a lot of the stuff that they were saying in those books was actually taking away the truth of the authenticity that one creates when truly building a brand from a very soulful level. And if you want to be someone who's very superficial and operating on the constant appeal to others based on closing deals and making money, then you're not going to really be able to thrive in this time at this where we are in our evolution. And I like that he spoke so strongly about that because it's important for us to, to really ascertain this level of information in our, in our brains and the way that we perceive marketing, brand building, influencing, you know, 
everything from our social medias to the way in which we, we put things out there. So our products, our you know, classes, our workshops, or anything of that nature that uh, people are doing these days. You know, we really need to bring back the soul into business. And having that soul is about, you know, as he said, it's about building that authenticity and having soul-inspiring connections to your, you know, partnerships and understanding of how you're building your brand, your marketing, and by adding something back into the world. And a lot of times people get into a space of, I'm going to create a business so I can make money and I can live a better life. Well, what about the life of other people? And what about, you know, those people being able to support other people to have a better life? And what if those people want to support other people to have a better life? So we want to create something that actually becomes a rippling effect that supports a person, but then supports a person to support a person to support a person to support a person. And, you know, and now the way that we are in our evolution is that people don't want to just buy something just because it's the hot new thing. They want to know the story behind it. Who's the person behind it? What's their story? How did they even come to the idea of creating such a thing, right? Like what made them become who they are? Like, for instance, like what made Jason who he is? What made me, Shaman Durek, who I am, right? And, and, and what made you and what made the other person, you know? And it's really nice to be able to put your money into something or to get involved in something or take a class with someone when you have a strong understanding of who that person is and what their vision is for the world at whole and their and how they wish to see themselves um, and operate from that place of authenticity um, and when they bring their passion and their inspiration and their their creativity to any project. And I love that he, you know, that he speaks so eloquently on that because it is really an important factor for us to really look at because you know, right now we live in an age of copycatters, right? We're and we want to get out of that copycat mentality world, right? Where everyone is just trying to see what the other person is doing so they can copy it or make it better or make it a little bit tweaked and make it a little bit different. So that way they can put it out there and get the same people who like the thing that they were copying to come to them so that they can make profit and be able to live the life that they want to live, which is basically void of true authenticity and true soul. Because the idea is in order to be an innovator, in order to be a creative thinker, you know, and as, as, as Jason so beautifully said, right, is using your own personal story and flexing your originality and your uniqueness. I love that. Flex your originality and flex your uniqueness. And it's okay to do. Because you know how sometimes people will say, oh, why are you flexing? But you know what? You can flex your uniqueness and you can flex your originality. Because there's no one who can do it better than you. There's no one who can make it as sexy as you. There's no one who can make it as great and fun and playful as you. No one can bring the flavor, the spice, that little, whatever, that little extra sauce to what it is that you are bringing forth into the world. And no one has your story. I don't have your story. Jason definitely doesn't have your story. We may have things in common that we've gone through, certain life circumstances that are similar and the meanings of how we actually experience it. But what we felt and what we got from it is completely two different things. I can go into the same experience with someone and do the same exact thing that they did and come out with a whole different experience just because I am a unique individual and original me, which you are as well. And so when we go into that very copycat mentality and we forget that there's a great skill we already have, and that's the skill of being original, right? But in order to really magnify that skill into the world, in order to really have uh, a, a amplification of that skill into the world that actually 
uh, creates results and affects change and makes things happen and puts money in your pocket so that you can live a good life and you can make other investments into other people's ideas and dreams so that they can live a good life too and on and on and on and on becomes this beautiful rippling effect of, of just wonderful, you know, profit sharing and just really learning how we can keep, you know, sharing that, that love with each other, right? But the key element is for you to be able to be a great storyteller. And being a great storyteller puts you in a seat of power because your story is your story. No one knows your story better. People can say, oh, you're a liar. Your story is this and that and the other. But again, you know, like I have people who say to me, oh, that, you know, Shaman Durek such a liar. Like that's not his story and so forth and so on. But you don't, you weren't there. You weren't there. You didn't see what happened. You don't know my story. So my story is my story. Your story is your story. Tell it how you want to tell it. I'll tell it how I want to tell it. And the most important thing is that you tell it and you share these stories, but these stories that are not held in like doom and gloom, but stories that are held in triumph and inspiration and innovation and ways that you maybe want through doom and gloom or you want through painful things, but you found ways to turn it around and create something for yourself and for your community that makes everyone thrive and everyone feel good inside, right? And so the key element here is being able to move beyond the limitations that we've created for ourselves by just creating a product, putting it out there and thinking people are going to get it versus you telling a story, building a whole story and understanding of what that looks like and how that shows up in your uniqueness, in your, in, in your originality. And so when we get into that space, that's how we, we begin to create a true understanding of brand and how we truly understand how to market ourselves because then we're able to move into a greater space where we're opening ourselves up to understanding like the reason why I'm an influencer and the reason why I'm doing all things that I do is because I'm able to go beyond the, 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 what everyone would call the same thing that they, people see all the time, which is quite boring. And truly, you know, if you want people to really see you or you want to stand out in a crowd, you're not going to stand out in the crowd wearing the same shirt that every person wore in that crowd and the same shoes and dress in the same way and have the same tone and speak the same way. It's just not going to be possible. No one is going to be able to see anything different from anyone in that crowd if, until you actually make a decision that you don't care what other people think. That it's okay for you to come in if everyone's wearing white shirt, you come in with a purple or pink shirt. It's great because that means that you have your own originality and you have your own uniqueness and that's what makes you sexy and that's what makes you sellable and that's what makes you able to build a brand off of that, right? And so when you do that, you actually create this true understanding for people to go like, wait a second, everyone here looks the same and talks the same except for that girl right there or that guy right there. And what is so unique about them? Why are they wearing a pink and purple shirt? Let's get behind that. Let's find out why. Why did you wear this pink and purple shirt? Why are you wearing these green bright shoes with yellow shoestrings? I mean, let's just say, right? Why are you dressed this way? Why are you saying these things? Why are you drinking this versus everyone else who's drinking that? You know, why are you eating this versus what everyone else is eating? How come you lost weight in a different way than everyone else did? How did you help people, you know, be able to change their lives versus, you know, what everyone else is doing? So again, you get to move into this, this new way of thinking, this new way of perceiving and, and proclaiming yourself. So it's, it's the perception, right, of what you see but then it's the understanding that if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, you're never going to really get there. 
Because you're always going to be going like, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And the question is, do you really? I mean, do you really? Like, do you? Like, do you really want to be someone else than what you are? Because I think you're pretty, pretty rock and roll. If you ask me, I think you're amazing the way you are. And if you're trying to be someone else, just so you can, you know, get the life that they have, you're not going to get the life that they have by trying to be like them or copycat them because you're not able to be them because whatever experiences they had, whatever food they ate, whatever music they listened to and whatever things they experienced in the time that they were born and the way that they were, the way that their mother was listening to music or dancing or screaming or whatever it was that she was going through created imprints upon that child. And so already that child came out with imprints from the mother and father just by being in the womb and the environment that they're around based on epigenetics, right? So if we understand the epigenetic aspects of that the baby's formulated way of relating to the world was based upon what the mother was experiencing while she was holding that child in her womb. So when that baby comes out, the way its perception is, is based on what it was experiencing already in the womb. And now the lights are turned on in certain areas and turned off in others. And that goes for all of us. So all of us are different linings of the lights, right? Like some lights flicker, some lights don't. You know, like when you see Christmas trees, right? I, I like Christmas because... I love to see all the unique ways that people love to decorate their homes or like their, like their trees and, you know, and celebrate the holidays. And it doesn't even have to be Christmas. It can be Hanukkah. It can be Kwanzaa. It can be any of the, the wonderful things that are available on the planet for people to celebrate. But I love to watch celebrations in general and just the different cultures and different ways people choose to observe God or just the many ways and facets people choose to dress and express themselves in this world, the ways that people choose to, to design things, how their homes look. I mean, everything is unique and original. But if you're copycatting other people, you're missing out on something really beautiful and pretty amazing and, and, and just a gift to add to the originality of creation. And that's you, right? You, you're missing out on you and we're missing out on you because you're trying to be like this person or that person and wanting, thinking that if you can be those people, then you can have what they have and it's not true. And so the key is really stepping into like understanding who you are. And I love how Jason talked about how like he would take something and look at a movie or look at some music he listens to or whatever and ask himself like, why do you like that? And do you like that color and why? And do you like that food and why? And not because some television told him or some radio said he should like this or some politician or some celebrity standing in front of him telling him, you should like that jacket and don't know why you like it. Just like it because I say I like it. You should like it too. No, he didn't do that. He asked himself the real question. Why do you like it? And once you understand why you like it and then what you like about it and then you take it another step forward and then you develop that understanding of that relationship to those things that make your personal identity what it is and then you go and then blend yourself into other things holding on to that identity knowing that you can change that identity at any given time based on how you choose to perceive what you like and what you don't like right and then the key element is the more you're open to experiencing more from life the more you're open to blending into those different fields of colors that you've never walked into, then you begin to really understand, you know, how to bring your art through, how to bring your healing through, how to bring yourself in business, or if you're an accountant, or if you're a lawyer, or if you're a welder, if you're a doctor, or whomever you are, 
how do you get to be that doctor? How do you get to be that welder? How do you get to be that school teacher? How do you get to be that skateboarder? How do you get to be that artist or that sculptor or that pianoist or that celloist? How do you get to be that shaman or that healer? How do you get to be that baseball player or that ballerina? How do you get to be that engineer? Because you see, every single person is different and unique and beautiful in that originality. And so to take it away from yourself just because you think that you have to be something else in order to get something else, instead of realizing that whatever they got is exactly what is necessary for what they got, and you have your own gettings to have and experience in this life that have to do with your personality and your uniqueness. But the reason why it's not showing up or it's not happening is because you don't know yourself yet. You don't know why you like spaghetti. There's this amazing movie called Runaway Bride. It's with Julia Roberts. Really great movie. And I love it. And the reason why I love it is because, you know, she goes to all these weddings. And right before she gets married, she runs. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Why? Because you find out at the very end, the reason why she ran was because it wasn't that she didn't love any of those guys. They loved her and they wanted to marry her. But it wasn't that she didn't love them. It wasn't the fact that she didn't want to marry them. And it wasn't the fact that she didn't want to marry the guy that she ran to at the very end, right? Played by Richard Gere. Uh, It was about the fact that she couldn't marry someone until she was able to know why she likes what she likes. Like the whole idea of like, what kind of eggs do you like? Well, what kind of food do you like? Are you vegan? Are you not a vegan? And why? Is it because of what the TV told you or is it because your mom and dad served it to you in the dinner table? Or is it because you actually really enjoy eating meat? Or you really enjoy not eating meat? Or is it because you really love blue? Or is it because you were told to wear blue as a kid so much that you just kind of started liking it? You see, the more you begin to weed out all of those things to get to the core truth of who you are and what you are is the creator, the creative way in which you'll be able to build your brand. And that's what I love what Jason talks about because that's where you bring the soul back in. So then once you get that understanding of building your brand, which I totally adore the way he describes it and brings it to life, right? Then you have to say, okay, now my brand can't be all about me because we're not living in the me. So you got to flip the me upside down to a we. And when you get in the we, then you start looking at your brand as ways to give back to the world without you needing to get. So it's the idea of like, you're able to do something. Like he talked about his friend in London who cuts hair. And then he decided one day just to cut a homeless person's hair. And then the next day he went back and cut two homeless people's hair. And then it became this big thing. And all of a sudden he built this whole entire thing around that. That just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And more people got involved and became more and more successful. Because he was doing it outside of his need to get something. He was doing it because it actually brings him joy to want to cut a homeless person's hair. Because he has the ability to cut hair. And that homeless person needs a haircut. I mean, we all need a haircut. I mean, I don't need a haircut because I'm bald. But, you know. Definitely could use a head shine. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. The point I'm making is, is that consciousness of the self can only be realized when we allow it to be realized through ourselves, not through another person, not through the mate or the person you're in relationship with or your mother or your father or your school teacher or your authority figure, but through you, through your own uniqueness and understanding of yourself so that you actually do something that you actually love, that you'll do it without thinking, I need money for this. Like, the, again, like how many times that I, myself, as Shaman Durek, yes, I have my prices that I charge for my sessions. Yes, of course, because I'm a busy guy and I have a huge team and I got to pay bills and I got to pay their bills so that they can continue helping you 
and for me to be able to help you and so forth. So yes, there is a team, a huge team and there's a big overhead and so forth. And yes, it's about me paying me and me paying them and me being able to make it so that they can take care of their families and so forth. But at the same token, there's also this understanding of relationship. There's this relationship to the fact that one, it's not always about the money. So there are times where I'll be out with my girlfriend or out with friends and I see someone going through a difficult time. I'm like, hey, I'd love to do a shamanic uh, treatment on you. Or hey, I can push these points in your body that will make your depression go away. Or hey, I can actually do this little tweak really quick and your knee pain will be gone. I'm like, what do you need me to do? Or some people are like, hey, I'm really in a difficult situation. I'm like, you know what? Let me call you right now and let me just help you with this. Why? Because that is just who I am. And that's because I love what I do. But if you don't love what you do, then you're going to be constantly wanting to get something in return. And that's not creating an authentic value in the world. So the key that, you know, that Jason was talking about is being generous, right? Being generous is not like you have to go around and say, hey, I have to do everything for free and work for nothing and not be able to pay bills and eat and take care of my children or my own family. Because that wouldn't even be supporting either, right? Because the whole understanding of being generous is also being generous to yourself. So it's a balance. It's like I'm being generous to myself by making sure that every Monday I get massages, I ride my horses, I spend time with my girlfriend and the kids, I spend time listening to the kids, hearing what they have to say about school, hearing what they have to say about their lives, hearing what my girlfriend has to say, then spending time with my own family, my nieces, my sister, you know, my sisters and my family, and then being able to listen to my friends and be there for them as well, and also hold space for myself to be there and listen to myself and listen to my ancestors so I make a balance of it. So I'll spend time listening to my ancestors and my morning meditations. I, it's my ancestral time. So I'll just start talking to my father. I'll talk to my, my mom. I'll talk to my grandparents. I'll talk to my great-grandparents. I'll talk to my great-great-great-great-great-grandparents and hear their wisdoms and so forth and learn from them and ask them for energies and whatnots. And then I make time for my friends and I make time for everybody and I make time for me because that's really important. So the generosity isn't just let me give to the world and then hopefully the world will give back to me. No, it's like I'm giving to myself too, right? I'm taking myself shopping and buying myself some nice, beautiful um, coats to wear for dinner and nice ties and pocket squares and, you know, some cool flowy pants with kimono jackets and all this kind of cool stuff, right? And some cool kicks. That's for me and getting massages and taking time for myself, taking myself out to a movie and to dinner and all this good stuff, but also doing that for others as well and being more generous in every aspect of my life so that when I build my brand, I realize that my brand cannot be a resource for, to me to just take, 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 take. It's a, it's, it's a collective sharing. It's a, so when I put out content, it, content, just giving you more and more content is just giving and being generous. And that builds in more your brand because one, people know your story, so they know who you are, so they know who they're dealing with. They know what they're going to get from you, so they know that aspect of it. They know that you're a generous person. So you're giving them things that are going to up-level their life. So they're all willing to give back to you as well. When you do have something that you want to say, hey, come to this thing or do this workshop or do this thing, they know they're only, not only going to get something, but they're also giving back to you as well because you give to them so generously. And as you should, because we all should be doing it. Can I, it's like Jason said, if we all did that, just think what the world could be. I mean, it's like <laughs> seriously amazing, right? So again, and then there is the understanding of you know, being a soulful, inspiring person every single day with your brand and with yourself, just in general. Like if you are going out in the world and you are a person who is, let's say a plumber, okay? And you go to a friend's house and they have like something going on with their pipes. You're like, hey, I can tell you exactly what part you need to get and you need to do that. And don't worry, it's nothing for me to tell you this. I just want you to feel good to have pipes that work in your house or a toilet that works or this that works. 
you know, and just be inspiring to them and inspire them to want to inspire others because you're so inspiring and so generous and so kind and so giving. And that's really what it comes down to, right? So then we apply this, your skill beyond yourself, which is to be generous and inspiring to others. And that actually brings things to you naturally without you actually have to go out and fight. I need money. I need a job. I can't pay my bills with this very scarcity, fear-based lack mentality to a, I'm a generous person and I'm a responsible person in my generosities and how I'm giving to myself and giving to others. And I'm inspiring others everywhere I go, everywhere I'm at. So therefore, all of that stuff is already naturally coming back to me because people just love to be around you and give to you because you're giving so much to others. But you have to be open to the giving too. That's a big one, right? So the world would be a better place. Jason's right. The world would be a better place because the more you acknowledge yourself so you can give to life because the more you acknowledge yourself, you're able to give to life, right? And so that's really important. And one of the things I was talking about with him was how a lot of the ways that we have seen advertising and brands and so forth in the past, which is dying out in the paradigm, of me, 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 and flipping to we, we, we is the whole flooding of input, the whole smoking mirrors, you know, like giving you all of these, I sense this ideas of, you know, who they are and then you meet them in person and they're not really what they say they are on Instagram and whatever. Like, I can't tell you how many influencers I met who I'm hearing them talk about these really deep, passionate stories and how they're sharing with me their heart and everything and their videos. And then all of a sudden I meet them And I'm just like, whoa, where's the love now? Where's the hugs? Where's the sit down and soulful connection? Where's the like, let's have a powwow, Shaman Durek, and let's just shoot the like, the the, the love at each other all night and just talk and laugh and play and just be these beautiful beings that we are. No, instead they're like, oh, I have no time for this. Oh God, where's the person who's serving me? Oh, da-da-da-da-da. And you know, and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of people out there who have brands that are being very successful, but they're using smoke and mirrors and they're using, you know, flooding input to keep you believing that that is who they are when it's not. Like if you catch me out, you're always going to get the same Dirk you hear on the, on the Instagrams or on my um, Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, or if I'm lecturing or whatever, you're going to get the same Dirk. You're going to get the same quirky, dorky, fun, playful, sensual guy, woman, uh, jaguar, spirit, old man, witch, uh, shaman, IT, all wrapped up in one giant ball of love who's here to be playful and open and free and just hug you, embrace you and love you and just show with, share with you how amazing you are and keep sharing with you how amazing you are until you actually digest it and like allow it and, you know, breathe it and live it and, you know, perceive it as your reality and you get super lit and then you're like walking leader and you're just like on fire. You know, and then you're really rocking the casbah, you know, as he said, Sharif don't like it. You know, it's like you, 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 you got it on a whole nother level. And so, you know, for me, it's like when I see these flooded inputs and these smoke and mirrors through the use of celebrities and influencers, it's like, what is that? Just because a celebrity tells me to go buy that, I'm not going to buy it unless I know who's made it. Why should I buy it? What's the story behind it? Is it going to help me and support me to get me to where I need to be on a bigger level of love, on a bigger level of generosity, on a bigger level of joy and peace and contentment and truly just taking time for myself, as the lovely Kelsey Patel says, so I don't have burnout and just like really kind of step into that space of like, how am I going to navigate 
my awareness in this world to not only make sure that I'm benefiting myself, I'm benefiting others, and I'm actually creating a wellspring of you know, information so people can just drink from that water and be fulfilled. Because at the end of the day, like if a celebrity is saying something to you and you already know the person, you know them, you understand them, you get their brand, you understand who they are, and they tell you to go buy something, chances are they're probably going to tell you something that's really good. But a lot of companies will utilize that smoke and mirror con- you know, connection because they're hoping that you haven't done you know, your real understanding of really getting to know that person and their message. You're just like, oh, everybody writes about them. Everyone, they're in the movies. So I'm just going to trust them. Well, no, they, like go to their Instagram. Are they interacting with people? Are they interfacing with you while they're in their Instagram? Are they answering questions to the people who are listening and pay, taking time out of their busy days to, to listen to what they have to say? You know, are they being acknowledged for that? Are, are, are they just talking heads at you? Are they, you know, do you send them like a message and DM? Do they ever write you back? Do you ever get a hello or just like a group message? Everyone, I got your, all your DMs. I'm just super busy because of my life because I'm shooting films or I'm doing this or I'm, you know, running on the football team or whatever it may be. I'm playing rugby, whatever. And I just want you to know I love you and appreciate all your DMs. I just can't answer them, but I do love you. You know, it's like, it's not that difficult just to show a little acknowledgement to the people who love you. And what I love, what Jason was talking about, is like, because, you know, when I said that to him and then he was just like, whoa, that's really cool. Because even like with him, who's working with Ben and Jerry's, right? Ben and Jerry stands for social, uh, stands up for social issues, you know? And that's the best example of creating a brand with purpose to stand beyond great, not just the taste of ice cream, like, oh yeah, we make great ice cream, woohoo. But it's, we make great ice cream and we care about you. And we care about our community and we care about what's going on in the world. And we care about how we can utilize our power as Ben and Jerry's to be able to support a greater community that's paying attention to the environment and paying attention to a lot of the major issues that are showing up, right? And so that's when we get into outside of that, that space of realizing that the human mind, as Jason says, is not influenced by the smoke and mirrors and all that. It's, it's, it, the human mind can only process stories, stories. And we need emotions. We need that vulnerable self. We need that at this time more so than ever with the intent to invoke emotional response with the understanding of sharing stories that make you truly a human being. You know, it makes you a true human being. When I, when I tell people things about myself or people will say, you shouldn't say that or you shouldn't talk about that or you shouldn't this or you shouldn't that because that's irrelevant. But no, it's not irrelevant to let people know that I've had these experiences because it helps people to go like, well, I've had those experiences too and Sean Mandurik has had them too and he's being real about it. And that means that I can actually get more into what his content is. Oh, wow, his words and his stuff is really helping me to think that if I, he did this, he can, I can do it too, right? But there's just some people who, you know, may not get that. They may not get your story and they may not understand your brand and may not understand what you're bringing to them to help them. And that's okay. You know, as many people follow me on Instagram as many people who unfollow me on Instagram. And the people who unfollow me on Instagram, it's better that they do unfollow me on Instagram because that means they're not ready for the message that is being delivered. It means I'm putting diamonds in front of them and they can't see a diamond. They can only see a rock. And so you, when you don't see people responding in the way that you think they should respond, doesn't mean you should quit. It means you keep going. You keep going because the people who will come and the people who will respond are the people who are ready for the message that you're delivering. So even if you're talking to five people on Instagram, those five people who are taking time out of their day 
to listen to you. That's pretty huge. You know, and so the more and more you begin to see it in that way, instead of going the other way, which is, oh, I only have five people and this guy has a million and he's not even saying things that are worth being heard. Don't worry about him. Those people need his message. People need your message. And so again, you need to see that even if you have five people, that's a wonderful thing. And then you just keep building from there and continue staying in your field, stay your lane of you and your uniqueness and your originality. And what that's going to do is that's going to create a big spark and it's going to grow and grow because people are going to keep coming back to you. The people are going to, I have people who will follow me, unfollow me, follow me, unfollow me and follow me and then be loyal completely to getting the messages that I'm sharing with them. And they're really, they're not really being loyal to me. They're being loyal to themselves because everything I'm delivering is to give them content so that they can better their lives. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if we understand to build our brands with generosity and kindness and love and bringing soul-inspiring stories and messages to the hearts of people and realizing that we're creating things that are helping people to become better, live better, feel greater, feel good. I don't know. You can't really put a price tag on that and you can't really antiquate that into some um, value of material. You can only simply just say thank you for yourself for finding something like that and then be appreciative that there are people out there in the world who are willing to hold that authentic space for you to step into so that you can hold your authentic space that someone else can step into and then they can hold their authentic space for someone else to step into. I think you get it. So I really love that conversation with Jason. And if you can listen to it again and again, I would. Because brand building and marketing and all of that is so important today, especially where we are, where a lot of companies have to pivot in order to stay afloat. Well, the thing is, stay authentic, be generous, be real, honor your uniqueness and your originality, and don't sway for it for one second. And remember, you are amazing just the way you are, and you don't need to be anyone else because you are enough. You are enough. Love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others, your partner, your children, coworkers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. 
It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all of that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. Stay lit.